All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming out. You guys are like the Marines, the few and the proud. Thanks for coming out tonight. It's good to have you here. It's one of our cooler days here in New England. Would you grab your Bibles and stand to your feet as we get ready to uh, continue in his presence and experience all that he has for us tonight? Did you come wanting tonight? Did you come desiring? Did you come desperate tonight for him? I find that God is bringing me back to that place where I'm just desperate, not in a bad way, but wholly leaning on him because we have nothing without him. Let's hold our Bibles high and make our declaration as we begin tonight. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth and I believe it. It is your personal love letter to me and I receive it. It's the answer to my questions. And the answer to the world's issues. issues. Lord, tonight, tonight, give me ears that hear hear, and eyes that see see, that I would know know what your spirit spirit is saying to the church church and to me me, in Jesus' name. name. Now, Father, I pray as we begin our time together tonight that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Tonight I pray that I would only say what you would have me say and only do what you would have me do. We ask these things tonight in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, and our returning Savior. And all who agreed said, Amen. 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 Well, as I was preparing, I really felt like God dropped something on my spirit and I just can't let go of it. And it's where I am and I need to share it with you. And it's very simply this. You are not defined by your current season. You are not defined right now where you are by your current season. You might be in a time right now where you feel like, man, I just can't get myself out of where I am. I don't see the clear. I don't see the light. God, please help me. God wants you to know tonight that you're not defined by that season. That there's more in you. That he has more for you than even what you're experiencing right now. I want you to know, God wants you to know tonight that even if all things are going well, you are not defined by that season. What defines us tonight is that we are children of the Most High God. No matter what, that is what defines us this evening. So I just wanted to share that with you as we begin tonight. Would you follow me over to the book of Proverbs? I want to talk to you this evening about the everlasting foundation. Now, uh, we teach our young men, especially our young men, and maybe you're on this diet, a proverb a day diet. Who's on the proverb a day diet? Good. Okay. So you've already read part of what we're going to read today. So you are ready. You are that much already uh, to go tonight. So Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. When you get there, I'd like you to shout out at me and say, I'm here. I'm here. Proverbs 10, 25. Let's read. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. You know, from this small scripture, we can glean so much. When the whirlwind passes by, pause. We need to realize in life that there will be whirlwinds that pass by. Sometimes people who don't know the Lord, they say, how how could you serve God? How could you love God with all this, this catastrophic stuff going on in our world? How could you love God even though you've lost this? You've lost that person. You've experienced this turmoil. You've experienced this pain. And the question that we need to turn around and say, how is it you make it through life? 
without knowing the one who can keep you through that pain, without experiencing his peace, without experiencing his joy. See, the whirlwind comes and passes by all of us. I think it's very important that we as Christians come to that realization that being in this life, in this fallen world right now, we are not exempt from the whirlwind coming and passing us by. The whirlwind makes no distinction between wicked and righteous. That's what the scripture tells us here. What's the distinction? Let's read. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. We can understand there that the the wicked is probably putting their trust in in material things. And any time we put our trust, any time we find our our, our self-worth in material things, we know it's going to crumble. There's no amount of money that can keep us that secure. There's no house that can keep us that secure. There's no relationship that can keep us that secure. Because undoubtedly, every one of them will fail at some point. But the righteous, we have an everlasting foundation that no matter what type of whirlwind passes by, you can look after the whirlwind is gone and you're still standing because your foundation is different because you are built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We don't trust in the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. Because all other ground is absolutely sinking sand. We can see here from this scripture, one of the things that I love as I look at this is sometimes you're in a whirlwind. And you you, kind of just feel like everything is up. What's a whirlwind? I mean, imagine like a tornado. I had this guy come to me five years ago. He said, hey man, what's a whirlwind? I said, of all the theological questions, you ask me what's a whirlwind? I don't know. Go look it up. I guess it's like a tornado. But I was like, you know, you could have asked something, you know, really theological. You asked me, what's a whirlwind? Well, tonight you might feel like you're in that whirlwind. Everything is spinning. You can't see up, can't see down, can't see left, can't see right. But I want to share this encouragement with you because the scripture says here in the verse 25a, when the whirlwind passes by. See, we can't stop all those whirlwinds from coming our way. But you know what? It's not going to last. It's not going to last forever because the whirlwind will pass by. And it's nice. You know, we just want to get out of that whirlwind. Get me out of here. But what happens is when you get on the other side, you look back and you say, wow, but God, I made it through. Everyone else, a thousand fell at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, everyone else. And thank God I made it through because my foundation is in Jesus Christ. I think as Christians, sometimes we get very comfortable and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, my hope is built on nothing less. Jesus is my rock, man. But don't we all know what proves what is our foundation? When the whirlwind passes by, then you get to see what's really standing. Then we get to see when everything is stripped that we have hoped in, that we have trusted in, then we get to see what we really have been relying on. And you know what? That's a good place to be sometimes. How good is our God that even if we're not trusting him wholly, he can show us. You put your trust in this. You put your trust in that. But I am the everlasting foundation. And so I think we can just start there and begin to move forward. If you follow me back a couple uh, pages over to the book of Psalms. 
Psalm 46, a familiar scripture for many of you, for many of us. I think we, we often find hope in this scripture. I just want to pause for a moment and just kind of hit something on that whirlwind as we talked about that. Um, last year, my wife and I and our young family, we have uh, three children under the age of five. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a wonderful experience. And um, why are you laughing? <laughs> You're like, yeah, right, dude. Oh, this is great. You see me? I'm, I'm awake, right? Um, last year, we had a whirlwind that we thought was never going to end. We, we experienced um, something in our life that, that really, it was one of those make or break moments. And we were right there in the whirlwind, and the whirlwind passed by. But before it did, I had this idea of how it was going to work. I said, okay, God, this is a perfect opportunity for a miracle. This is an opportunity for you to do an awesome miracle. And this is how you're going to do it. And we're going to stand and we're going to give testimony of all that you have done. And I want you to know that it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. How many of you understand what I'm saying? It didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. And I struggled for month after month after month. And there are many of you in this room who know that. God, what happened? Going to the question that we often do. Did I not have enough faith? Where did I miss you? Where did I miss it? Is there sin in my life? What has happened? If we're honest with ourselves, isn't that where we go sometimes? So a few months passed, and I'm in the clear, and I'm looking back, (laughs) and I wanted my testimony to be one thing, and God showed me very clearly, listen, this is your testimony. That when the whirlwind passed by, and when the enemy came knocking, you closed the door and you said no. And when the whirlwind passed by, you were still standing. You see, that would have taken out any other wicked and unrighteous person, but you, because of my strength, because you are built on my foundation, you are still standing. And that is your testimony. And we have those times where we have these awesome miracles and we give testimony. But sometimes we need to look back at that world when we went through and say, I'm still standing and I'm still serving Jesus. And he is still Lord and he is still on the throne. And no, I may not understand, but he is God and he's working all things together for my good. So I can trust in him. Did you find Psalm 46? Okay. Let me get a sip of water. I'm getting all hyped up tonight. I was about to jump out of my skin during worship. All right. In Psalm 46, let's read together. God is our refuge and strength. Pause. I don't know about you, but you know, you might have read this scripture 20, 30, 40, maybe 100 times. We kind of blow past these scriptures very quickly, don't we? And sometimes we need to just pause. Let's read that again. God is our refuge and strength. Shout at me, what is a refuge? A safe shelter. God is our safe shelter and he is our refuge in those times when everything else is caving in. God, we haven't even made it past the first part of the verse. God is our refuge. Do we really understand what the psalmist is saying there? God is our refuge. The almighty, everlasting God is my refuge and he is my strength. Now let's talk about strength. As I said, we have three children under the age of five. 
And one, uh, our newest is about, uh, he's in the back there, and he's about, he'll be a month old tomorrow. And uh, so those of you who remember those, those early, early days, you're, you're, you don't know if you're awake or asleep half the time. I'm pretty sure I'm awake right now in this moment. But you're, you're going through all this, you know, you're waking up, you're, you're helping the wife with the baby, you're, you're changing diapers. I mean, I got, I got it down so good that I could do it with my eyes closed. I'm just changing this diaper. And I just hand her the baby and she nurses and we go back to bed and all these different things. But that takes strength. God can be our strength. In those midnight hours when you have gone to the nth degree of everything that you have and there is no more left. And still what rises up out of you is this godly strength that tells you you can go a little bit further. You can do a little bit more because I am in you and I am with you and you are resting and trusting in me. That is that strength that we're talking about. We get to the end of what we have to offer and we continue and begin to trust And what he has. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Man, the devil is a liar. You know, sometimes we get into trouble and sometimes we get ourselves into trouble. And we think just because trouble has come our way that God has forsaken us. That God has left us. But I want you to know tonight, if you look clearly at the scripture, God has said in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Okay? Right here we see that he is a very present help in trouble. God, I don't feel you right now. God, I don't see you right now. Where are you? I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Every time we get into trouble, whether we get ourselves there or whether trouble happens upon us, the enemy whispers in our ear, see, God left you. He's abandoned you. He's forsaken you. But we know if we read Numbers 23, 19 and then flip over to the book of Hebrews, it is absolutely impossible for God to lie. So if he said he would be there, he will be there with you in the storm. He will be your everlasting foundation and he will be your strength in the midst of all those things that you are facing. He is the everlasting foundation. Everything else is sinking sand. Nothing else will stand. There's nothing that will stand except him. Therefore, we will not fear, verse 2, even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried away into the midst of the sea. Now, let's just talk about this here. The psalmist isn't just throwing up these great words to see if he can mess with your mind. The psalmist said, you don't have to fear even if the earth is removed. Did you read that? The earth is the bedrock and the foundation. The psalmist is saying, even if what you're standing on is removed from out underneath your feet, you can still stand and not be afraid. You can stand. It doesn't matter that that earth is being removed. You got up this morning and you moved your your feet off of the bed and you put them on the floor. You expected the floor to be there. You walked out the door and whether you walked on grass or pavement, you expected the ground to be there. We don't expect that the earth is going to be removed. But many of us know in our lives that we've had some earth, we've had some bedrock removed. And it was at that point that we realized, man, maybe I wasn't totally standing on the word. Maybe I wasn't totally standing on God. Maybe I wasn't totally trusting in him. But when we are, even if everything around us is caving in, we do not have to fear. As we read this scripture and the mountains, the mountains represent shelter. The mountains represent protection, things that you never expect to move. Okay, you don't you don't go around just like throwing mountains here and there. God put them there. Jesus did say, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast yourself into the sea. But we just expect that the mountains are going to be there. But even if the mountains are carried away 
and our protection and our shelter is gone, we do not have to fear. we got to get into what the psalmist is saying here. He's very serious about what he's saying. And as we understand that, we understand more that he is our everlasting foundation. Verse 3, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of our God. Isn't that just like our God? The whole world is filled with chaos and all these crazy things are going on. And here's this sweet river. And the streams are making glad everywhere it goes. See, as I read verses 1 through 3, I feel kind of tense. I'm like, oh man, I know what that's like. As soon as I read verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. It just changes your countenance. It changes your heart because you know that there's a peace there. The holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High, God, is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Now, let me get a little nerdy on you here for a second if you're okay with that. I don't think it's nerdy, but some people do. How many of you have seen Lord of the Rings? Don't be shy. Okay. Okay. Follow me for a dramatic moment. Lord of the Rings 2. Okay. The battle for Helm's Deep. Gandalf has left everyone there. Okay, if you haven't seen this, you have to see this. Watch the whole trilogy. Stay up all night. Three hours one, three hours two, three hours four. The battle for Helm's Deep. Let me explain Helm's Deep to you. It is a a, a city carved out of a mountain. There's only one way in and one way out. All you can do is seek shelter underneath the mountain. So they stack up the women and the children. They put them underneath in the mountain in the cave. And the men go out to fight this great war. But tens of thousands of orcs, these demonic creatures, have come out against them. But Gandalf promised, look for my coming at dawn on the fifth day. Look to the east. And they're in this fight and they go through this amazing loss. They're losing men and left and right. And their whole city has been breached. And that's it. But they decide to ride out because the sun is rising. And they remember what Gandalf said. Look to my coming. You see, many of us right now, and if not now, at some point in our life, we can be in that midnight hour. And we're fighting tooth and nail. We're up all night praying for that lost child. We are working. We are looking for that job. We're trying to make the connection. We're doing everything within our power. But he shall help just at the break of dawn. When your strength is gone and you feel like you can't do it anymore, ride out for that one last time because he will meet you there. And he shall help you. Just at the break of dawn. Verse 6. The nations raged. The the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. And the earth melted. Watch this now. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Watch this again. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now if you've been hanging out at Faith Christian Center for any time... You know what that is saying here. Everyone say covenant language. Okay. Again, psalmist is not just throwing off words here. He is talking in covenant 
Okay, he is saying the God of Jacob, that's the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob, of Joseph, and all the way down the line. He reaffirmed his covenant. And through Jesus today, we now have a much more better covenant because of the blood of Jesus. And we, if we bear the name of Christ and we are saved, guess what? We're grafted in. So this promise, the God of Jacob shall help us. That is a covenant promise for you. You ought to circle that and write covenant on that because when it's dark and it's lonely and you feel forsaken and you feel abandoned, you call out and say, God, we have covenant together. I cut covenant with you through Jesus. It was his blood that sealed the deal. And I know that you have to help me. I know that you have to get me through. That's covenant language right there. So we need to know that because we're part of that covenant. If we name the name of Christ, we're part of that covenant. And that's a benefit for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Would you follow me to another familiar story? Would you go over to the book of Matthew, please? Once you get to Matthew, go to chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 24, if you're there, say, I got it. Okay, now Jesus at this point is finishing up what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. He's gone through all these different teachings. And right at this point, he's about to wrap it up. And it is so crucial that we catch what he is saying here. It's going to reaffirm a lot of the things we talked about. In verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these words and these sayings of mine and does them... We understand that Hebrews teaches us we can't be hearers of the word, only we must be doers. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man, excuse me, who built his house on the sand and the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. I want to point out a few things to you tonight as we've already seen in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 25. The storm that Jesus describes here again makes no distinction or delineation between righteous and wicked and foolish and wise, does it? No, Jesus very clearly says the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds beat. You see, we have to come to that realization that we are not able, we can't escape all of those trials in this life. But we know that we have a different foundation. That we're built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. The same rains descended. The same floods came. The same wind beat on the house. But the person who built his house on the word of Jesus. The solid rock. That house lasted. And so tonight I just want to do a little inventory with you. Again I said at the beginning. You know we all. Many of us who are saved say, oh yeah, God, Jesus is my solid rock. But let's take, a, let's take a real look. Let's take some inventory on our life. What about those things that if they just got stripped away, where would you be? Just think about it for a moment. Think about the things that you just say, man, I could never do without that. 
Just think about the things that we spend so much of our time, energy, and money investing in. If all of that is gone, do we still stand? I think God allows us to come to different places and different seasons in our life where we can see what we're really relying on, what we're really hoping in, and what we're really trusting in. And so tonight as we continue, let's do a little inventory. Let's do a little check on our heart. Are we wholly leaning? The scripture tells us to lean our entire personality on him. Hey, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. But I love that God is gracious enough that he can say, Kurt, make a little adjustment here. Okay, make a little adjustment here and keep trusting me in this area. Keep believing in me in this area. Follow me over to another familiar scripture. Paul is writing here in the book of 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter four, and we'll pick up in verse seven. It's interesting because I don't know how many of us actually take a look at verse seven. I know many of us go right to verse eight, but let's read verse seven. I think it's really important. In fact, it's it's crucial for what the rest of the scripture is. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Well, what is he talking about? What exactly is he saying there? Let's keep reading so we can understand. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken or abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Now let's go back up to verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think God's only going to use me when I've got it all together. And I am quickly finding at 28, I know you're wiser than me. Okay, just give you a little bit of time. Okay, but I am quickly finding that it seems to me that in those times when I think I have absolutely nothing to give, in those times where I feel perplexed and in despair, and I can't see the left from the right, in the time where I feel persecuted, That God wants to show up and let his power be made known. That God wants to show up and let his power be revealed and not mine. That the excellence of the power would be his and not mine. That the excellence of the power would be his and not ours and not be found in us. Okay. Let me, um, what do they call this? Um, Confession time. With Kurt. Thanks for coming out on a Wednesday night. I'm at this season in my life where I am, like I said, I'm coming to this place where I'm realizing I can't do it anymore. It's not in my strength. And I feel like I just, I don't know what to do, God. And I keep crying out and I keep looking here and keep looking there and I keep praying. And I keep feeling like, oh man, I'm coming to the end of what I have. I'm coming to the end of what I have. God, where are you? What are you going to do? And now I realize, oh, that is exactly where you want me. I am coming to the end of me and the beginning of you. And that is where I need to be right now. And we all have times where we go through that. And I think as I'm maturing, I'm realizing, wow, okay, you know, I'm not completely lost. God promised you and forsaken me. He is right here. This is all part 
of his process of refining me, moving out Kurt and putting in more of him, more of him. My mom told me on Sunday, she said, Kurt, you're in the pressure cooker. I said, I don't want to be in the pressure cooker. (laughs) Get me out. You know, we don't want to be in the pressure cooker. But if we allow ourselves to go through that process, the person making the meal has an intention in that pressure cooking. God has an intention in the things that he's working out of our lives. And if we are faithful and patient, we'll inherit the promises. We will see God's work in our lives like never before. That the excellence of the power might be of him and in him and not in us. Lord, let that be our prayer tonight. That the excellence of the power may be God and not of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, our trust is in you tonight. And everything that we need, we find in you. We turn to you this evening. We take a little inventory on our heart. What are the things that we're trusting in? What are the things that we're hoping in? Father, you need to be our everything. You need to be our everlasting foundation. But oh, how gracious you are, God, that you would allow us to come to this point to see that we still need more of you. We still need more of you in our lives. Tonight, as we continue to pray, I just want to ask you if you would be open enough for God to locate you where you are. As I said, I am finding that this is the most beautiful place to be. Where I don't have to be fake with God. There is no being fake. Everything is naked in His sight. But if I could just be honest with myself. If I could just honestly admit that I'm not where I should be. And I need and I want more. Then His power can be revealed. Father, my prayer is that you would break down the pride of our hearts. My prayer is that you would break off the veneer that we like to put on and act like we got it all together because we really don't. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. Father, our prayer tonight is that you would locate each and every one of us. Where are we right now? What are we hoping in? What are we trusting in? And how can we surrender that so that you can be our everything? Help us to let that go and move forward in a rich relationship with you. If God is locating you in some areas right now, I just want you just to throw your hand up. If he is locating you in some areas of your life, just throw your hand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. You can put your hands down. Lord, we have gathered tonight for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to be in your presence, to experience you in a deep and intimate relationship. I long for nothing more than intimacy with you. It is the most satisfying thing in life. Lord, would you come and touch us tonight right where we are? Would you just stand to your feet in this place? Father, would you come and touch us right now where we are?
Would you begin to lift up your voice and praise Him and thank Him and long for Him and yearn for Him. Yearn for Him from the depths of your being, from the depths of your soul. God, you're everything that we need. You're everything that we desire. You are our everlasting foundation. You're my heart's greatest desire, oh God. You're all that I want. Forget every earthly treasure. Forget it all. You're all that I want, oh God. You're all that I want. Being with you, being your presence, being intimate with you. You're all that I want, oh God. You're all that I want. My heart longs for nothing more than intimacy with you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Just take a moment and bless Him tonight. Worship Him with your mouth. You're glorious, Lord. And I worship You. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You're all we long for, God. You're all we desire, Lord. Long for You. Thank you, Lord. Fill this place tonight. Fill our hearts tonight. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. You're all I long for. You're all I desire. God, my God, you're so wonderful. There's a river whose stream shall make glad the city of our God. God, I thank you for bringing joy and restoring the joy of your salvation to your believers tonight, oh God. I thank you for restoring the joy, Lord. That might have been robbed by all these different things in life, but you're restoring that joy tonight. You're restoring that peace tonight, oh God. I thank you, Lord, that we're getting answers tonight. I thank you that we're seeing things tonight that we haven't seen before, God. We might not have been able to see through the whirlwind, but now we see clearly, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to give us vision and wisdom, that we know what to do, that as we move forward, we have your peace in our hearts, oh God. We have your joy that we're holding on to. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Jesus Be glorified tonight in this place, oh God. It is all about you. It is all about you, God. Be glorified. Be glorified, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.